Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. And so we got to Gallup, and again, Mom and Aram got out there first and did all the, the legwork, and we, we rented a place for a couple of years there. And then it was, again, it was another place that I, I think Michelle says that I found or I had heard of. Uh, it was a for sale by owner place, and we looked into that. Well, it was somewhere like way out on the other side. Not way out. I mean, it's not like Gallup was enormous, but it was totally on well, the other side of town from yeah. where you guys usually were, and you were like taking one of the dogs, maybe, or I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, Cause you used to like to go hiking back out there. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle and I used to go exploring quite a bit in our free time. We like to drive out on the, the reservation and see what was what. And this was a small subdivision that had been built, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years previously. And it worked out fairly well because they built the new high school in Gallup out in that area, a mile or so from from where we were. And so once they built the new high school, they enlarged and continued to develop the subdivision out there. And it turned into a semi-desirable area to live. But for whatever reason, we I like the way you're selling it there, Dad. <laughs> semi-desirable. We, yeah, we... we <laughs> We found, uh, we found this place, which was a for sale by owner, and we had enough money, you know, for the down payment. And, uh, we worked with an attorney, uh, to complete the sale. So we bought that in 1997 after moving to Gallup in 1995. And we stayed there until 2004 when we moved to Albuquerque. And the, the house in Gallup was, uh, it was kind of funny. It had a big back room kind of, reminiscent of the big back room in uh, Thornton. And I built a, a deck out on back and we got a roasty toasty for it, uh, a pellet stove. Uh, we put in uh, laminate flooring. And uh, again, we were able to, when we decided to move to Albuquerque, which was again, a job related thing, but this time a, a job related thing on Michelle's behalf rather than my behalf. It's about we time, Dad. Able, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, we were able to sell it uh, for a profit, and you know, wound up with enough in our pocket to put down a twenty percent down payment on uh, uh, the house here in Albuquerque. So you know, it's it's kind of cyclical, up and down. But again, it was a. It turned out to be another reasonably good uh, financial dealing for us. So here we are in Albuquerque, and we worked with a realtor here, and Michelle came over to Albuquerque several months before I did because uh, I was sticking around until the house sold, and Michelle wanted to start her new job. Uh, they wanted her to start as soon as possible. She, she moved over there in the spring, and I don't think I came over until early summer, like June, when the house sold. And by that time, she had looked at a bunch of places in Albuquerque, and she had started off working with one realtor that she didn't care for. So yeah, she, she mentioned uh, that. <laughs> and you know, I, I wasn't really privy to you know all that was going on there. So you know, whatever you know, mom told you uh, about you know why she wasn't getting along with the realtor, you know, is 
kind of the bottom line. And then I think she engaged. Oh, it made total sense. If if the realtor did what she did to me, I would have the exact same reaction. <laughs> yeah. And, and then um, I know she contacted you and asked for some input from you in terms of, uh, you know, a realtor that could be a little bit more uh, helpful to us. And uh, I think she did a pretty good job. Um, yeah, mom, mom liked her too. Yeah. Again, the only, maybe not the only thing, but, you know, one of the things that, that occurred was there were a lot of issues in this particular part of Albuquerque with some piping. Polybutylene. Right. Polybutylene piping. Uh, yeah, because uh, Brian and I had it in the townhouse in Virginia. Ah, uh, and... You know, obviously they, they did a, an inspection and I can remember the inspector, you know, kind of looking behind the, the sheetrock in a couple spots. And, you know, it was his assessment that, you know, there wasn't polybutylene piping here. And lo and behold, a couple of years later, you know, we had a, a major leak and that was in the guest bedroom and bathroom. We got that repaired, but then we started experiencing astronomical water bills there were leaks in the polybutylene piping outside in the piping that went from you know the main distribution line you know into the house so we wound up uh, having to replace all of that for uh, i think it cost between five and ten thousand dollars but you know that was cheaper and our experience was better than a lot of people because we were able to engage a, a plumber that had worked with uh, Michelle. Uh, at her business, and Tom and I helped with the work, and he did it for a reasonable price, and he did a and he did a good job, and got it inspected and green and green tagged by the city and and all of that. So that that worked out worked out okay. I had forgotten about that, but uh, we've made a number of improvements since we've been here, and we've been able to well. We refinanced in 2010 uh, and got a significantly lower interest rate. And then we just completed uh, another refi, a cash-out refi here within the uh, past month or so. We're going to close on that here uh, on Thursday. So uh, Congratulations. Let's go shopping. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for uh, a young couple that you know had to borrow the down payment for their first house in Boise back in 1977 you know we've somehow managed to to hang in there and maintained uh, as homeowners over the past uh, 40 years or so uh, with the exception of a couple of years yeah and it's interesting you know you and mom have always lived in I don't I hesitate to say the word normal but I guess I could say places where supply and demand were much more in balance than San Francisco, you know, so the appreciation, you know, we're, we're talking about is like over years and decades, whereas in San Francisco, it's like a month. <laughs> so bananas. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we can afford a square foot in a house in San Francisco. <laughs> it's an expensive town now. Thousand bucks a square foot price of entry. Yeah, roundly speaking. Yeah. So, has buying and selling changed over the decades in your experience? 
basically the same. Could you expand on that? What are you looking for? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Well, I don't know that I'm really looking for anything, but, you know, in real estate within the industry, there's plenty of continual chatter about how the industry is changing and what consumers want is changing and how consumers engage with realtors is changing. And, you know, everything's changing, always changing, well, new, shiny, fast. So would well, you say yes, no? Yeah, there are there are some changes. I think things move a lot faster. Things happen electronically. All the experiences that we've had in the past, you know, four or five weeks with this uh, refi, uh, you know, almost everything's been done ele- electronically with electronic signatures, and it's just kind of instantaneous, you know, which is good on the one hand, but for people of you know our age. Uh, that might not have the facility with with all the electronics uh, and all the computer driven stuff. Uh, I, I, it can be frustrating. So I think that's an issue for uh, older people that might be buying and selling, you know, homes. Uh, I think realtors need to remember realtors and mortgage brokers and people like that need to remember that not everybody is as computer literate as the younger generation. And it just, it moves so fast. The, the other thing that I think happened from the first time we, we bought a house until maybe halfway through this whole process was uh, at some point in time, the real estate industry decided that uh, realtors should represent the buyers to some degree, uh, as well as just the sellers. And uh, I think that was a good thing. I, th- I think that was very beneficial to us because we had buyer, buyer's agent. We had realtors acting as buyer's agent on our behalf on a, on a couple of these transactions, which was a good thing. Yeah, I don't know where it happened, you know, various times, various states. I know in California, it happened in the 80s when they actually changed the laws so that buyer representation was duty to the buyer, buyer agency versus being sub agency of the seller. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Very cool. Any other like nuggets of wisdom, like things you want to say, questions you have for me? No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't really think of, of anything. I, I'm amazed that, uh, well, I'm, I'm very, you know, pleased that you've done as, as well as you have with, with real estate. It seems to be something that, that suits you well, uh, after leaving the, the corporate craziness, uh, you know, I think it provides you the independence that uh, that you like, and you're, you know, enough of a self motivated person uh, that you can stay on top of it. Because uh, some some realtors just, I don't know, they just kind of seem to, they don't seem quite as driven as as you are. Uh, so I I wonder how well they do. Well, I was talking with um, Britain's mom about this this morning. You know, that there are some realtors that are very good at part of the real estate kind of process, whatever that might be, maybe getting a new client, finding them the right house, getting them through the escrow, making sure they understand what they're buying and, and it's inspected, you know, all of those pieces. But it's rare to find a team or group or person that does it all, at least in my experience. Um, uh-huh. So thank you. Thank you for those very kind words. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, when I left Apple, it was 
crazy making by the end, but it was also very comfortable. And starting in real estate, 100% commission, you know, no benefits, etc. It was really scary. And I've been doing this for so long that I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when was it you made that change? I, I can't remember exactly. Uh, 2001. Okay. Like end of 2001. No, 2002, a year later. Yeah. 2002. Crazy. Good times. Thank you for coming on my podcast, Dad. Oh, you're welcome. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I made a few notes uh, first because I had helped Michelle kind of put together a chronology of our homes a couple of months ago when uh, she found out she might be doing the podcast with you. So I, I had it you know, sort of fresh in my mind, but I sat down a couple hours ago and just jotted a few notes about some of the things that uh, you had said uh, from what you texted me early, earlier today. That is so very Fuller family. <laughs> so prepared. Now I know where it comes from. <laughs> Sounds like mom's making dinner. What are you guys having? Well, we had dinner uh, and dad made it. Uh, we had uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and soup tonight because nice. we had a we had a pretty heavy dinner out at Tom's house about one o'clock this afternoon. He went he went nuts. I don't know what he was thinking of, but he. Uh, he fixed an ice salad, and then he fixed uh, some kind of a creamed chicken with mushrooms thing over pasta. And, uh, you know, that's just way more food than we uh, normally eat at that time of the day. So we just wanted something light tonight. He's a really good cook. Yeah, he is. I bet it was good. I bet your grilled cheese. You make a good grilled cheese. Yeah. I like Next time you're right here, I'll take you to one of the grilled cheese restaurants. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dad. Oscar Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. 